Today's message continues our series of exploration of the challenge that Nehemiah gave to God's covenant people 2,400 years ago to rise up and accomplish something for the work of God, to advance the kingdom of God by doing this good work. Jesus himself, when asked by those around him how they could perform the works of God, said, you know what? Works have to begin by belief in me. We have to keep it central that Christ is in the middle of our activity for God. We have to shape our motivations by his character in order that we can receive his empowerment. That's why Jesus prophesied that if we would do that, we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do even greater works than he had done in his earthly ministry during the incarnation. Are you ready to be sent by God to do those apostolic works in your world today? Please join us here at Arlington United as we hear a message of challenge, a message of encouragement, and a message of conviction about being used and sent of God to do this good work. Last week we talked about this good work. We focused on the story of Nehemiah and the people who helped him to repair the walls around Jerusalem. The temple had been built, but the walls were broken down and they needed protection for the people of God so they could worship the God of the people. And God had anointed Nehemiah and in verse 18 we saw five distinguishing marks of God's work in a community. Five distinguishing marks. Rocky, when you see these things, you'll know God is working in a community. Number one, Nehemiah said, the hand of God is upon me. If God's at work in a community, there will be spirit-led leadership that has the hand of God on them. That's not just about one individual. It's about a group of people who are gathered together, and they will have leaders that are spirit-filled and spirit-led. God-anointed leadership is a key to revival. Number two, the influence of the king was behind Nehemiah. He also had favor with the people around him, the people that were around him and in authority. The Bible says in the book of Acts that the New Testament church not only experienced the great power of the Spirit, but they also had favor with all the people. Now, you mentioned today, Brother Richard, that sometimes spiritual opposition comes and persecution, and we have to sort all that out. But you know what? Christianity, when it's rightly lived out, is irresistible. It attracts those who have a heart for goodness. It attracts those who have a hungering for peace. It attracts those who want righteousness. Godly leadership, godly favor, and the unity of the people. The people were unified. They said, let us build. They didn't just pass it off to somebody else, but they were unified. Number four, they postured themselves for work. It's going to be work, Willie, if we're going to have revival. And they were willing to work. I commend you today because all of you have put yourselves in a posture to be used by God. Those of you that are on Zoom today, you've chosen to take time out to listen to the Word of God and to lift up the name of Jesus in worship in order that you can posture yourself to work. And finally, they strengthened their hands. They were willing to put in the training to be ready for the job. Now, we flew from Memphis to Dallas last week on the way to see the Bonnie Bray House, and 
some other houses at Disney. But as we were flying, there were four people in the cockpit. There was a pilot. There was a co-pilot, Jude, and Bennett. Four people in that cockpit. Now, Phil, who would you want to fly that plane? <laughs> My sons were in the cockpit, but they didn't have the necessary training to do the job. So we may say we want to do some work for Jesus, but it's important that we receive the training that we need. So I'm glad you're sitting here today because we're all going to be helped by the Holy Spirit to understand how to undertake a work for God. How many still want to do a work for God? Still with me? Okay. I want to draw your particular attention to three words in Nehemiah 2.18 from last week. This good work. This good work. If God's kingdom is going to come to Arlington, it's going to be work. If God's kingdom is going to come to Arlington, it's going to be good. And if God's kingdom is going to come to Arlington, you're going to have to hone down from all the good things that you could be doing in your life, and you're going to have to pay some particular attention and focus on the specific work that God is doing here, right? They call it, you know, just chasing rabbits and trails and everything. You know, I praise God for everything he's doing across the world, but I'm particularly called to what he's doing here. Amen? Particularly called to what he's doing here. Sound like a good preaching there. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's good preaching. Now we're going to shift the scene from Nehemiah to Jesus. About 500 years, Nehemiah and company were rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. Now Jesus is just outside Jerusalem and he's fed 5,000 people. The people are following Jesus and they're amazed by his ability to produce a meal. Miraculously, This is not in my notes, but I just want to share with you. It's so interesting to me, Brother Jim, that Satan came to Jesus and said, produce bread miraculously. And Jesus said, nope, I'm going to live by the word of God. But then Jesus produced bread miraculously, and it fed 15,000 people, 5,000 males, probably around a crowd of 15,000 people. Can I tell you that the power and the work of the Spirit in your life is not just for your own satisfaction, but it's also to be used to bless others. Yeah. What could God do, Brother Denniston, if each of us would say, Lord, if you bless me, I just want you to bless everyone. I'm convinced that Jesus ate that day too. It wasn't wrong. The miracle wasn't wrong. It was the motivation that Satan presented that was wrong, Brother Mosier. The, the miracle was okay. It was the motivation that needed to be clear. I am so desirous of the Lord to clear our motivations so that we will not be a hindrance to revival. I long for God to purify us so that no matter what he does, we won't put our fingerprints on it or our glorification on it, but we will want the Lord's name to be glorified. Because if we can get that right, I believe that God can do anything in our city because he desires to touch people. Do you believe that today? They asked a question. They said, what do we need to do to do the works of God? Jesus said that those works... Begin by believing in the one that is sent. Last week, our meditation verse was from James. And James said, faith without works is your good disciples. Faith without works is dead. But now Jesus said, if you want to do works, you begin with faith. Sarah, what in the world? James is saying, faith alone is dead. You've got to have works with it. They say, well, how do we do the works? And Jesus says, you've got to believe. But look at why Jesus said that, Rebecca. He said, if you want to do the works, you've got to begin with faith. 
Seems like a paradox, a riddle, a puzzle, but it's not. It's simple, and it's solved when you put Jesus in the center. This is what separates us as a church from other philanthropic entities. I praise God that Mr. Bill Gates has used his wealth not just to buy more cars or to buy more houses. Mr. Gates has used his wealth to give to poor around the world. I praise God for that. I thank God for that. And I commend Mr. Gates for that. That's a good thing. It is. I praise God for people who give to United Way. That's a good thing. But the difference is with the church is when you put Jesus at the center of it, it magnifies the power because it purifies the motivation of why you're doing good works. If you go outside and pick up the trash outside, that's wonderful. It's good. I, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not criticizing anyone who does a good work. But Jesus said, if you want to do the works of God, you've got to start by believing in him, in Christ, at the center. Now, remember this saying, Jesus said one chapter later in John 7, 38 and 39, he said, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit, which was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When we believe on Jesus, as he said, there is a Holy Spirit at baptism that flows out of us and enables us to do the works, the very works that God has called us to do. I'm not asking you to sit in this sermon today and to, to be guilted into some kind of motivation to do something good for somebody just because it makes you feel better. But what we need to do, please hear me church, is step into the stream of the flowing living water of Jesus Christ because there are things that he wants to do in us and through us and for us and for others that we can never do of our own abilities. Does that make sense today? It's great to be motivated to do good. But if Christ is at the center of our motivation, it changes everything. It changes everything because when he's at the center, we have his empowerment. When he's at the center, we have his blessing. When he's at the center, we have his authority. Look at what Jesus is teaching. The disciples want to learn how to perform miracles. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? There's no McDonald's in Judea at this time. There's no uh, In-N-Out Burger at Galilee at this time. There's no uh, Whataburger, if you prefer second-class hamburgers, at this time. Sorry. There's no, there's, there's, there's no, it, Jim, these people live as subsistence farmers and shepherds. And Jesus just says, bless it, break it, pass it out. And they're like, we want to learn to do that. Because it'd be awfully convenient to be able to feed five people, much less 5,000. I got 15 at home. Hey, Jesus, can you help me out? Teach me how to do that. You gotta, how do I do the works of God? Jesus said, you've got to believe on the one that God has sent. You might call this an apostolic theology of good works. An apostolic theology of good works. That word sent is apostoline in Greek. If you call yourself apostolic, but you are not sent, then you need to be sued for truth in advertising because apostolic people are sent 
people. We are people on a mission. We are missional people, Richard. We are people who know that God has sent us to do something. I wish to God that at 345 every Sunday, it would be like somebody being shot out of a cannon in terms of your spirit and your motivation Say, God is sending me into my city this week. God is sending me in my neighborhood. God is sending me into my workplace. He's sending me into my home. He's sending me into my city to do something that he has enabled and empowered and ennobled me to do. The point is this. The point is this. Whatever we claim to be doing for God. Well, I, I did something for God this week. I, I prayed. I did something for God this week. I read my Bible. I did something for God this week. Oh, man, I went back to that little box back there, and I put an offering in it. I, I put some tithes. I did something for God this week. I, I texted somebody and said, thinking about you. And it was somebody I didn't like. So I know that was for God. You know, if y'all get a text from me this week, it says I'm thinking about you. That's not what I meant to say. It's not in my notes either. My poor wife. God help her. Oh, I did this for God. I did this for God. Let me tell you something. Jesus is saying if you're going to do the works of God, he's got to be right at the center. We've got to be sent by him. We need the proper motivation. That's what... I, I praise God for the Kiwanis. I praise God for the Rotary Club. I praise God for the Lions. It was the Lions Club that helped me get a screening when I was in the fifth grade. Y'all realize, I didn't know without these things that there, you could actually see the leaves on the trees. My mother cried all the way home because when we came from the eye doctors, I said, Jim, you're the same way, weren't you? I, I, I told my mother, I said, wow, Mom, there are leaves on the trees. I was 10 years old. I didn't know. So thank God for the Lions. Thank God for them. I'm not criticizing people who do good works just for the sake of good works. But what I'm telling you is, as a church, we are super-powered when we become super-motivated in Christ to do the works that God has foreordained. Because good works are good. But let me tell you something. When God's in the middle of it and we're sent by Him, it becomes of eternal significance because He does what He wants to do for His glory and His purpose. Here are the two marks, the two marks of a work of God. I want you to remember these. Number one, what did Jesus do? What does it mean to be sent by Jesus? What does it mean to be apostolic, Sheila? Here are two things. Number one, it glorifies the Father, not us. I can tell you if it's a really anointed sermon or not. If you leave that sermon, you say, boy, that's a great preacher. That's a wonderful preacher. I've never heard preaching like that. Oh, if he ever comes back within 5,000 miles, I'm going to pack up my Winnebago and I'm going to camp out and hear him again. I can't wait till she comes back. She's the greatest Bible teacher I've ever heard. What did she say? I don't know, but it was good. Well, I'm going to tell you something. A really good work. Now, you just may be a bad listener, but a really good work will glorify the Father, yes. not the person. Okay, if it draws attention to me, there's a real chance that Christ is not at the center, the absolute center of it. But when something glorifies God, that's a very good indication that Jesus is at the center of it. Because even Jesus as the incarnate son of God, God dwelling in flesh, he said, I'm not here to do my words. I'm here to do his words that he sent me to do. I'm not here to do my works. I'm here to do what the father has sent me to do. Would to God that we at Arlington United could have the same motivation and the same speech in our mouths and the same work in our hands and say, I'm here to do what God has told me to do. I'm here to do what glorifies God. I'm here to do what lifts up the name of Jesus. The motive must be for the glory of God 
not the fame or acceptance of people. Can I ask you a hard question? Do you want this church to grow because you want to feel better when you drive up in the parking lot? I don't go to that little crazy church anymore. I go to the bigger crazy church. Is that really what we're after? Do we want just the acceptance of people? I, I, you know, do we want people to receive baptism in water so we can make pictures of it and put it on? I, I'm, I'm glad for social media. I'm, I'm glad for the testimonies. But why do we want people to be moved on by God? Let me tell you something. See, if Christ is at the center of it, we want it because of what God is doing and how it glorifies his name. And if we can want it with that motivation, I believe God will pour it out. Jesus instructed us to pray, thy kingdom come, not my kingdom come. Yeah. Oh, God, bless me with a better job. Why? Oh, God, bless me with health. Why? Oh, God, bless my children that they can have degrees and good careers. Why? Oh, God, bless me that people will be kind to me. Why? Hey, I didn't sign up for the beat me up month of the month club. I, I, I like good things. I like good meals. I, I like a comfortable home. It was so nice when we got home from the airport uh, last night to, to sleep in a comfortable bed. I was so thankful. You ever? Are you old enough to be glad to get back to your own bed? I was so glad. It was. I like nice things. But the kingdom is about him, not us. It's not about what we have. It's about what he does through us. Two marks. It glorifies the Father, not us. Number two, it must be what we were sent to do. Jesus said in John 10, 37, I'm sent here to do the works of my Father. I have been apostled here. If we are apostolic, it, it, yes, it means we worship. Yes, it means we believe in one God. Yes, it means we're baptized in Jesus' name. Yes, it means we're baptized in the Spirit. But if we are apostolic, it also means that we are sent to do the works of God. Oh, at 2.15, I want everybody in town to be in this building. I just, I just want everybody to come in. I just want everybody to be here. I want as big a crowd as possible to experience what we experience here. But at 3.45, man, it's awesome when we just get out of here and empty out this building. And Satan has a bigger problem at 345 than he has at 215. Because at 215, we're all gathering in. And we're going we're gonna to lift up Jesus. But Jesus is exalted whether we acknowledge it or not. But at 345, if we could really scatter and do the works of God, the enemy would come, his kingdom would come crashing down. And the kingdom of God would come to our city. Because when we scatter from this place and service begins when we leave, God is glorified. Come on. Yeah. Got to do what we're sent to do. I, I just want to say this. Anybody ever heard about leadership? Anybody heard about vision? Pastors need to be good leaders. Pastors need good vision. Can I just tell you all something? I'm going to be very honest. God bringing revival to Arlington is not dependent upon my vision. And God bringing revival to Arlington is really not dependent upon my leadership. Because if he needs me to do it, that's idolatry. That's not Christianity. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to try to not be a nincompoop. But I'm telling you, God wants to bring revival to our city. There's an entire cottage industry about, you know, leadership and vision and, and all of this. And I, I want to do my part in seeing revival. But what we need is not my ideas 
And what we need is not your ideas, ultimately. What we need is God's ideas. That's why we need prayer, Rocky. We, we, need to, we need to read our Bible. We need to be rooted and grounded in what God wants us to do because there's plenty of things that we can do out there. But if we can get into the flow of the Spirit of God and what He has foreordained for us to do, if we can step out into the Spirit and we can do what He has asked us to do, I'm telling you prophetically today, I say it with a confidence of the Word, of God and the Spirit of God. He has foreordained good works for you to do. And God has a good work in this city that He wants you to accomplish. In the name of Jesus, He wants you to do it. Stand with me. When we get our motivation and our direction right, God has no problem with turning on the power. Get your motivation right. Get your direction right. He's got no problem turning the power. Richard, if my kids were behind my, my car there and you had it in reverse, you're sitting in the driver's seat, I'd try to keep you from, from pushing on the gas pedal because you're going the wrong direction. That makes sense? If you've got my vehicle and you said, I'm going to go rob a bank, I'd try to stop you from turning on the keys because your motivation wasn't right. Your direction wasn't right. Sometimes we pray for more power when what we actually need is proper motivation and proper direction. Sometimes we ask God to give us more and more and more, but what we actually need is just a little direction and a little motivation. And once we get that corrected, the power is no problem. Acts 1 and 8 said, You will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, not your own, my witnesses, the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus himself prophesied that the church, you and I, would do greater works than he did. Rebecca, I struggle with that. I don't know if you ever have. Maybe you read it and said, yeah, I, I can do more than Jesus did. I struggle with it, Jim. I do. Brother, Brother Roy, you're 71 years old. You've been preaching for... You've been a preacher long. You haven't been a preacher. I'll say it that way. Do you ever struggle thinking the disciples can do greater works? My friend Matthew translated word for word the New Testament. Greater here doesn't mean more powerful. It doesn't mean greater in quality. What it means is greater in quantity. In our language, more accurately, just say bigger. <laughs> bigger. So Jesus had 12 disciples. We've got more than 12 disciples here. That's a greater work. Jesus fed 5,000. How many people has the church fed through history? More than 5,000. Jesus saw 120 people receive the Spirit on the day of Pentecost as a result of his instruction. I personally know evangelists that have seen hundreds of thousands of people receive the Holy Spirit because of their instruction. And so that doesn't make them greater than Jesus. That would be crazy. But God has done big things through little people. You hear me? God has done some big things through some little people. And you're not too small for God to do something big through you. If you're willing, He can do it. He can do it. The close of Paul's words to the church at Ephesus, we don't have to figure out what works to do. We don't even have to I love those post-it notes and you just put out those ideas and all that kind of stuff. And you, I love all that stuff, but we don't have to 
We don't even have to figure it out or innovate it. All we got to do is say, Lord, what have you foreordained for us to do? What do you want me to do this week? Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be mystical and you got to do backward somersaults, say the Lord's Prayer in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. And that it doesn't have to be mystical. It may just be the person in front of you that you see they look down that day and you encourage them. It may be somebody you haven't talked to in a while and you text them you do say, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Maybe somebody you intercede for. It may be somebody today that you lay a hand on their shoulder and say, I'm with you. I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I appreciate you. What has God foreordained for you to do? When we are in Christ, the works will follow. But Moses, if we get in Jesus, everything works. Here's a converse, Scott. When we get outside of him, we may think it's working. But nothing works if we're outside of Christ. Yeah. I'm too old to start over. I don't have another life to live. This is it for me. Y'all are it. This is where I take my stand. This is where I need to see the kingdom of God in my life. I'm not 20 years old anymore. You guys, y'all have time. To follow leadership that fails. Hope you don't, but you got time to recover. You got time to be stupid. And then God help you wise up. I don't have a lot of time left. It's time for me to wise up. It's time for me to ask God to sanctify me. It's time for me to do good works. Now don't go and be dumb because I said you got time. You understand what I'm saying? How many feel like you want it to be here? You want it to be now. You want the Lord to move. They're gonna sing in just a moment. I don't even know if I've even communicated to you today what I felt the Spirit moving in me. Can I just say it this simply? God can do it here and He will. God can use you and He will. God wants to do works through you and He will if you will put Jesus at the center. And if you'll be willing and you'll say, Lord, whatever it is, I'll do it. God will do great works through you in the name of Jesus. If you want that to be the case, I invite you to this front today. Why don't we pray about it? Why don't we ask the Lord to reveal those good works this week? Why don't we ask the Lord to work through us this week? Why don't we ask the Lord to bring revival through us this week? Why don't we ask the Lord for those to be healed that need to be healed through our prayers this week? Why don't we ask the Lord that those who need encouragement can be encouraged through our prayers and our words this week? In the name of Jesus. Think about it, friend. You were created for this moment in your life to bring glory to God by accomplishing the things that He's foreordained for you to do. You don't have to figure it all out. You just have to be sent. Keep Jesus in the center. Be empowered by the Spirit of Christ to do the works of Christ in this world. It's that simple, really. And God will use anyone who's willing to submit themselves to him, to volunteer, to rise up, to posture themselves for usefulness and say, look, I'm ready. I want to be part of the people that are doing this good work for God. You want to be part of those people? I hope you do today. Thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United.